played Fiasco. Oh, I, I know. Yeah, I was about to say, I know one of you has. Uh, okay, so Josh is the only one who's going to get the reference, but this is basically a Savage World slash East Texas University version of Fiasco. Um, so we do character building together, and it's really simple. Um, so, well, we'll start with character building, and then we'll get into the rules. Um, so this is all done through um, card pulls, but you guys will all need um, uh, a die. Um, a six-sided die will do, or a piece of paper. Uh, there's one, There's only one um, number that you have to keep, keep track of, which are your, I think they call them, I think they call them fate points, actually, but they're they're basically Benny fate points, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, they're just an indicator to let you adjust scenes and and, uh, and uh, make story points. Um, so the way character uh, building works, um, and I'll actually do all the card drawing if if uh, nobody minds, and that way we don't all have to have a different deck of cards to pull from. Um, so you're so the characters are basically, um, they're just going to be a name, uh, their role, um, and their relationship, uh, and, they, and then they have two relationships. Um, and relationships can be family, friendship, romance, community, so they're, you know, they're not, they're not relationship relationships, they're just relationships. So, um, and uh, this is a non-GM game, so I'll be making a character too. Uh, and you can actually have relationships between any any two people. Like each person has two relationships, but I think that we should do kind of a round robin because it's better if everybody has relations has a relationship with at least one or two other people. So, um, so Josh, if you don't mind, I will start with you. All right. What are we doing? All right. Uh, so first, I'm going to draw for your role. You got the Queen of Diamonds, which means that you are the parent of a Rainsboro University student. Uh, you're happy that your child is in a great university and you check up on them every single day. So that is your that's your role. Um, and now we'll do we'll go ahead and do Tim. Uh, Tim, you got the Eight of Hearts. You're a jock. Uh, so you're a sports star at Greensboro University, and you know it. Go Monarchs. Um, so Josh, you're a parent. Uh, Tim, you're a jock. Paul, you are a local shop owner. Uh, you've got what it takes to run a business in uh, in Greensboro. Business acumen, a shotgun, and a strong stomach. Okay. Paul, uh, and then... Uh, Wayne, you are a campus benefactor, uh, an alumnus sponsor and or philanthropist. Uh, Rainsboro University has done great things for you. Now it's time to return the favor. So I'm rich? Yes, basically. And then I got the Joker. I am an occultist. I'm fascinated by the supernatural world, and Rainsboro is the perfect place to gain access to it. And unlike normal uh, Savage World, you don't re-roll. I mean, you don't shuffle the deck when you get a joker. You just keep going until you run out. Okay, so now we'll do the relationships. Um, so, uh, well, everybody should choose a name for their characters. You guys don't have to tell me, but, I mean, you will eventually tell me, but you don't have to right now. You can do it as part of the relationships or later. Um, so, Josh, who do you want your character to have relationships with? Uh, so pick two people. Tim's a jock. Paul's a shop owner. Wayne's a benefactor, and I am an occultist, and you are a parent, so... Okay, so it makes sense for me to be the parent of 
one of the characters, right? Well, I could, I could not necessarily because the relation, because of the relationships, there's a random draw. So you, uh, you won't necessarily be the parent of, of one of the people, depending on the draw. Okay. But, so. Ah! Let me see if they, players take turns creating stun by each player choosing any two characters and drawing a card to determine their relationship to each other. Right. So, pick, pick two people or characters. Okay. At, at random if you like, or not. I will pick Tim and Wayne. Okay. So, with Tim, your relationship is, you got the Ten of Diamonds, uh, which is a friendship, which is a friendship based on trust. Awesome. Okay, that makes sense. This could be, like, the, the jock that I want my loser son to be. Yes, that's right. Uh, Okay, and now with Wayne. Yes. You got the Seven of Hearts. Uh, that is romance with a shared history. It should be entertaining. Okay. Sorry, what kind of... What is Wayne again? Wayne is the school's benefactor. Our awesome. ace bull benefactor. So, okay. Uh, so, Tim, who do you want your other relationship to be with? Uh, Paul. Okay. So, with Paul, you got the Queen of Clubs, which is uh, family, and your motivation is desperation. Paul, who do you want your other your other relationship to be with? Um, I'll go with you. Okay. Uh, we got the Jack of Clubs, which is family rivalry. All right. So, I'm sorry. What was mine with Tim again? Family and desperation. So you guys are family members, and there's some element of desperation in there. Okay. Uh, and Wayne, uh, you and I have the last relationship, and it right. is the Two of Diamonds, which is a friendship based on education. Okay. Okay. So uh, I hope you guys have been... Uh, Considering your relationships and your role. Uh, so, Josh and Tim, you guys have a friendship that's based on trust. Do you guys want to flesh that out, or does anybody have any ideas for fleshing out any of these relationships? Well, I, I think the family desperation one with Paul. I, I figure Paul's one of my parents. Okay. And I desperately want to go above middle class. Okay. So maybe Paul's shop is not doing spectacularly. I think uh, I'm going to run a comic shop. That puts me firmly so, in the middle class. So Paul, <laughs> so so Paul's shop, by definition, is not doing spectacularly. Yeah, exactly. he already said it's a comic shop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, I, now, I question now, his firmly in middle class, though. <laughs> now, now, Paul, having an El Camino with some long boxes in the back is not technically a shop. Okay? Totally does. <laughs> okay. And James, you were at the occultist, right? Yes. So that you maybe uh, you have a, a a rival shop, um, you know, with occult goods or something like that. He sells magic cards. Well, <laughs> so we have a rivalry though. So yeah, so maybe my, but but we're family. So maybe our characters are brothers. Yeah, I was thinking brothers. Yeah. Okay. Paul's my brother. Uh, and then, yeah, so maybe I'm running a, an occult shop in the same strip mall. And we're, we're constantly trying to steal each other's business. I like it. Okay. All right, James, I figure you and I went to, uh, school together. 
Yeah. The only other thing I could think of is if you were, if your character is older and was a benefactor when my character went to Rainsboro. But I like this one to school together too. So I will, I will leave it up to you as to which one you prefer. Yeah, I like the one to school together. Okay. All right. So we're, we're old college chums. Um, Josh. You, okay. You, you, you and Wayne have a tough one unless. You know, one of you is a one of you is going to play a girl, or you, you don't care about the. Um, actually, I, I I was I was thinking of being an overbearing mother. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> and and you know that 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 nice boy, whatever Tim's character's name is, why why can't you be more like him? So, uh, yeah. So I'm I I've basically kind of if if it's okay with Tim, like I I, I view Tim as the as I, maybe Tim's the the best friend of my son or whatever. And so, you know, they, they went to college together and like, basically Tim's character is the son that I wish I had. Yeah. Okay. Cause he's a big jock and your son's not exactly. Jo- uh, Josh, you're a, you're a, a mother. Yes. I'll be an overbearing mother. Okay. Okay. I, I've, I've seen a porno like this. So this helps. <laughs> what, what have you not, what have you not seen a porno like? That's a good point. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's Tim and Tim and uh. All right, so Josh, Josh, are you married? Uh, I don't think necessarily I am. I think that I'm. Uh, yeah, I I would say that I'm a a, a recent uh, a recent widow, and uh, so that's why I I spent all my time at the at the university. I got nothing better to do. Uh-huh, would you uh-huh. describe yourself as a cougar? Sure, why not? Let's roll that way. That would be he's, fun. He's not asking about your character, Josh. He's he's asking. <laughs> Okay. Uh, just for a twist, because well, okay, we should we should do that too. When 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 Josh and and my group plays Fiasco, we are big on suggestions and throwing in with each other to help out. But I don't know how you guys, the rest of you guys, feel about that. I mean, if you, I definitely like the idea. Okay. So I would, um, Josh and, and Wayne, I would suggest that um, Josh's character, um, the reason why. Uh, Wayne, they have a romance is because uh, it started when Josh was, you know, trying to help get uh, his son into school. Maybe that's when it got stru- struck up. Ah, she slept her son's way in. Well, I mean, maybe. It, that's, it that's, up, that's up to you guys. You right. guys are totally describing this movie I saw. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the shared history. Thank you. Okay, so do we got everybody? So Josh and Josh and Tim. Uh, Josh is friends with Tim because she wants her son to grow up to be just like him. Uh, Wayne and Josh have a romance that may or may not have started and blossomed because uh, because of uh, getting her son into school. Uh, Tim uh, is Paul's son uh, and does not want to end up like his father. Paul uh, and my character are brothers who own neighboring shops and are rivals. Um, and then me and Wayne went to school together, right? Sounds yeah. about right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we draw for, I'm going to draw for each character's motivation, which is why they're trying to solve the mystery of a body was found. So starting with Josh, your motivation is the Seven of Diamonds, which is fearful, glory, and fame. So, some of these you have to work, you have to, you have to kind of work around. Um, so it's all three of those? 
Well, it's glory slash fame and then fearful. So the way the card draws work for most of these is that the suit um, determines one aspect and then the number determines the other. So you got the seven of diamonds. Diamonds is fearful. Seven is glory slash fame. Uh, and then the other motivations are relentless, emotional, spontaneous. So those correspond to the other suit. So that just kind of gives you an idea. Like if you got relentless, if you got the seven of clubs, that would be relentless glory and fame. So basically you're, you know, super motivated for glory and fame. But maybe with fearful, you're worried about your reputation being hit, damaged somehow because of the event. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking of either going that way or fearful that I wouldn't get that glory and fame or wouldn't achieve that glory and fame for my son. Mm. That's a good idea, too. Okay, so we'll let you, we'll, we'll go with that. Tim, you got the three of spades, which is spontaneous duty slash loyalty. <laughs> so, maybe whatever the event is, you, you, uh, just struck up a relationship with the person involved. Maybe he's on the same team as me. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wayne, or Paul, you got the two of spades, so that is spontaneous curiosity slash academics. Okay. Uh, then Wayne, you got the jack of spades. So, man, I should have been playing poker. That's a full, I mean, that's a flush there. Uh, the jack of spades is spontaneous revenge. That should be entertaining. And for me, the four of hearts is emotional envy slash greed. So, there we go. We got a lot of spontaneous. Yeah, we did. I kept drawing the same suit. Okay. So, now, here's the, here's the part where things go sucky. I'm going to draw a card for each person, and whoever has the lowest card wins, and that's in quotes, and must face the consequences. The character is now marked for death and will die at the end of this game. Though it is unclear at this point how. So, uh, Josh, five of hearts. Mm. Tim, six of clubs. <sighs> Paul, six of diamonds. No. Wayne, nine of hearts. And me, nine of spades. So, Josh, whatever, whatever your character's name is, is going to die at the end of this, at the end of the game, probably. Um, and then technically you're supposed to draw the card to see what the happening in is. Um, so the way, the way this game works is that the happening happened at the beginning of the week. So, um, or a week ago, and then we're investigating how, uh, what happened and why, but we're also making it up as we go along. So it's all shared. We're all creating it as we go. So. Uh, here's, here's the beginning. So it's come to this, another death, and this time it's one of our own. It started, all started a week ago with the explosion at the post-finals kegger. Okay, so that's, that's the event that we, um, that our motivations are drawn towards, or, or why we have those motivations. So, like, um, Josh, your character maybe, um, maybe is afraid that your son's gonna be blamed for the explosion. Um, that sounds good, yeah. Uh, Tim, maybe your character, um, somebody, um, you feel duty bound to, to solve the crime because you feel like you had something to do with it, maybe? Oh, one of my, no, one of my, one of my, one of my guys got blamed for it. He's, in the, for it. he's in the pokey. Okay. Uh, well, what were the other ones? Um, so I know for me, if this was a, uh, explosion at the post-finals kegger, yeah. something of mine got destroyed. Okay. And I want revenge for that. 
Okay, so maybe maybe uh, maybe the kegger was being held on campus, and the the bust of you was blown up in the process. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I want I want revenge for my bust. That's right. And and Paul, yours was what? Curiosity. Curiosity, spontaneous curiosity, and academics. Yeah. So. I mean, I could just uh, be curious what my son has been up to. What what's going on in my son's life? There you go. Especially okay. since his friend isn't, your, you know, my son's, one of his friends is in jail. So right. what the hell's going on? Right. Hey, can it be my son that's actually in jail? Sure. So you don't, nobody starts with a fate point. Uh, here we go. Fate point or use a controlling narration and finale. In addition, players may use fate points to break a rule. There are no specific limits on what can be done, but some examples include discarding a scene or location card to draw a new one. During interrogation, spending a fate point to avoid answering one question, ending a scene earlier, standing a scene, playing a scene as an NPC. Okay, so NPCs, well, okay, so let's go over the different scene types. Um, there are vin- vignettes, uh, so those don't involve any dialogue. They just set the atmosphere for the story. So we're each going to take turns uh, describing scenes. Uh, and when we're describing the scenes, we're called the director. Um, there's a card draw to determine the location. And then you just narrate the, a brief scene um, for the vignette. And then there are interrogations. So interrogations involve the director asking questions of one character. The director selects a player and steals one fate point from him or her. Then the director asks one to five questions in the char- in character, which must be answered by that player character. Uh, and then uh, interludes. Interludes involve two and only two characters with a pre-existing relationship. Neither of these characters need to be the director's character. The d- director determines the location and sets the scene based on the cards drawn. The director decides when to call scene and end the interlude. If the characters leave the location of the interlude, the scene ends. All players not involved in the scene gain one fate point at the end of the interlude. And then finally is ensembles. Uh, ensembles involve all the characters. The director draws cards to determine the plot of the scene as well as the location. The director may preempt the scene as much as he, she likes, but once the ensemble starts, the director and the rest of the players converse in character. They should let things develop organically. The director may call scene at any moment. Uh, and then... NPCs, you can, uh, the director can add an NPC to an interlude or interrogation. Uh, vignettes do not have dialogue, but any number of NPCs may color the story background. Ensembles may have NPCs, but they are controlled, run by the director. Other players may introduce NPCs by spending one fate point. So, that's how it goes. Josh. Yes. Again, the 
the card draws determine the scene type and the theme. So the suit determines the type, the number determines the theme, and then there's a location which determines the status of the location, and then or the suit determines the status of the location. The value, the number determines what type of location it is. So uh, you are going to be setting an ensemble uh, involving paranoia. Uh, so an ensemble involves all of us. And the location is an isolated dog park. So okay. there you go. Run, uh, run, run with it. Do sir. we want to name our characters before we get started? Oh, yeah, yeah. We need to do that. Uh, so, Josh, what is your character's name? Uh, Evelyn. Tim? Uh, I'm Micah, but my baller name is Mjolnir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and last name Jeffries. Okay. Take that Paul, I named your character. You might have your mom's uh, name. Fine. <laughs> Paul. Um, actually, actually, you may have named my character, too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we'll go with it. I'm going to be Bobby, uh, Robert, but I go by Bobby. Okay, so Bobby Jeffries. Bobby Jeffries. Uh, Waynard. Brian Land. Brian Land. Okay, and I will be um, Al Jeffries, but I go by Alistair because you know I'm an occultist. So Al just is not a uh, Alfred is not a cool enough name. So I like it. Okay, so so Josh, there you go. Please. Oh, right. Set an ensemble scene involving paranoia at an isolated dog park. An isolated dog park. Yeah, I don't. I it's. I, they must have been scraping the bottom of the barrel to come up with some of these locations because a dog park. Seriously. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I've got one of those little fluffy nothing dogs that I carry around in my purse. So ah. that's that's why I'm at the dog park. But okay. uh, all right, I. Uh, as an overbearing mother, I'm trying to, uh, I, I think, well, let's see. I don't know that everybody would show up just because I asked them to. Uh, let's say that I called a meeting of the, uh, of the other, you know, of, of the other principals in this story. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, 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 and there's this, you know, dog park way on, you know, one corner of the campus and, it's yeah, no one ever goes there, so it's a perfect place to meet, but you know, we're still we're still on campus technically, so we can still legitimately be there. Uh and uh if it's okay, I'm gonna say that I say persuaded uh Brian to uh to you know, as, as a benefactor, because he's got a lot more pull than I do. I mean I can I, I could have asked uh Micah to come, but uh to get the other two there, I the other two of you there, I imagine that I probably needed to talk to uh, I, I needed to talk to Brian and uh, yeah, so it's kind of a eh, I won't say it's like a Agatha Christie type scene, but yeah, she's she's very much a busybody and she wants to get to the bottom of this and she knows that her you know her son's not involved with this and and she wants to know who is and uh, yeah, and because she's weird and has a you know a little pink dog in a purse, then, uh, yeah, that she, that's where she picked. What's your son's name? Uh, Troy. All right. Uh, and Wayne, maybe you called in my character because you think he's, uh, there, there's some weird occult level to the disaster. Either that, or I thought that, uh, as being part of the occult, 
Maybe you could, uh, maybe you're psychic or something. Oh, yeah. I am psychic. Not not my character, me. Yes. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so that's why I'm there or why I show up. Um, and, you know, I, I show up in a full, long, robe-like, uh, duster kind of jacket with a weird foot, with a fedora and lots of little talismans jingling all over the place. Uh, well, and tying into your, uh, envy slash greed, I could have offered to pay you. Right, yes. Which, which always works. Uh, yeah, so, um, I, uh, I spot Evelyn at the dog park and, uh, approach, and I say, Greetings, greetings, fair one. I hope that you are the person that I am here to see, and that you are not simply walking that lovely dog of yours today. So, uh, I, I'm thinking that, uh, if it's possible for the dog to roll its eyes when I roll my eyes, then that's probably the reaction you're going to get. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, you're you're a member of 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 that that club. Oh. Now, Evelyn, don't judge. If by club you mean those who see beyond the veil, then yes, you're correct. I am a part of that very club. Alistair here is going to give us the clue we need to find out who really caused the explosion. I can assure you it's not that boy that they've arrested. No, of course not. He wouldn't blow up my bust. A, a true tragedy, Brian. A true tragedy. He has far too much respect for me. They, 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 they blew up your bust? That was, that was my favorite likeness of you. Yes, I mean, who would do such a thing? There's no way that Troy would be involved in that, so we need to find out who really is. And, and this, uh... I paid, you know, $6,000 for that bus to be made. <laughs> and, and and so this uh, gangster in a bathrobe is going to help us? Oh, he's psychic. The psychic gangster in a bathrobe is going to help us. That's right. Don't you know how I started my fortune? Pick, he pre- he I predicted numbers. a horse. Ah. And indeed, there was a horse. Yes, and then I invested that. <laughs> And, and Brian, I, I, I feel that $6,000 was the, the least could, that could be paid for that wonderful likeness. It truly caught the vision of your eyes. Now, I must examine the ether for clues. So, Alistair kind of wanders around, his fingers up to his, up to his, uh, temple, muttering to himself. So, James, can I say that the, uh, shopping center that, uh, Alistair and I own our shops in is, Nearby, perhaps across from the university. Yeah. So I could be standing out just out of my shop saying, what the hell is going on? Yeah, like across the street. You could have watched, you could have watched Alistair leave the shop to, to go to the meeting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I see him like, you know, looking around and poking around in the air and I'm like, and you know, of course I'm curious. So I start to walk over. All right. Uh, yeah, Al- Alistair uh, sees you coming, but makes a point of not uh, not acknowledging that. So I'm 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 just gonna walk right by him because I don't want to talk to that idiot. <laughs> and I'll walk up to Evelyn. And uh, Evelyn, did sure. we say Evelyn? Yeah, Evelyn is the mother of Micah's friend. Friend, correct? Yes, Troy. Who who uh, is in prison for blowing up the uh, for blowing up the kegger? Gotcha. Yes. Or in jail, I guess. He, not, he's but... a suspect in in the yes. keg explosion. So. Okay. 
Sorry, I'm, I'm frantically taking notes here, so I need to know... Oh, I don't have a relationship with Paul. That's why I didn't write him down. Right. Okay, so... Well, except that we're parents of friends. Oh, okay. You're Troy's mother. I'm Micah's father. Yeah, but you might not, you might not have met before this. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. That, I, I, can, I can roll with that, then. Uh, so, uh, you say that you're... Uh, you're the father of one of these, uh, one of the other members of this, uh, keg party? Yeah, my son, uh, my son Micah was there. One of his buddies got, uh, I think, uh, got, got arrested for what happened. Oh, you're Micah's father. Oh, he, uh, he never, he never really talked about you. I, I'm not surprised. And, uh, and you are... Oh, I'm, I'm Evelyn. I'm, uh, I'm Troy's mother. Oh, Troy's mother. Nice to meet you. I, how are you holding up? Well, I've, uh, I've been better. I, uh, they've, they've arrested Troy, and I, I mean, I know he's had nothing to do with this, and, and I'm quite certain that, that your Micah also had nothing to do with this. Uh, do, did he mention anything? Did he, did he see anything? I haven't spoken to him much since it happened. <sighs> oh, this is, this is most distressing. He doesn't really pick up his phone unless I, I, I call him his, his street name or whatever he calls it. He calls it his baller name, you fool. Baller name, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, and yay, he has, he has picked a mighty one. For is there anything more mighty than Mjolnir, the hammer of the thunder god Thor? Well, and I know what Mjolnir is as a comic shop owner. Bah! Your Thor is blonde and does not have a beard. That is not Thor. <laughs> Where is Micah? Perhaps if I touch him, I will get a gain a psychic sense of what happened. Your guess uh, would be as good as mine. I was gonna say, would Evelyn have like texted me? Oh, would Evelyn have texted you to uh, you show up? Yeah, I, I think that's probably uh, all right. A pretty solid. Okay, well, I, sh- I show up late, <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> ah, Micah, hey. my boy. Hey, Uncle Al. So, come here. Let me touch you. Touch me. Yes. Fuck. Were, were you not at the Were you not at the incident, the happening? I plead the fifth. <sighs> but you can slap me some skin. It's fine. All right. So he'll he'll uh, he'll shake your hand and uh, and get a get a psychic impression. He goes all stiff and stumbles away, and he says, "The visions there are too powerful. I must sort them." You damn right, I'm powerful. You see, last game. Ow. Eighteen and ten, buddy. Did you see what happened? Who's the old dude? Did Did you see what happened to my statue? Man, I played the fifth. <laughs> hey, 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 Mrs. T. Uh, what's up? Uh, listen, I got okay. some boys. I got some boys working on it. We're gonna We're gonna figure out what happened. Like, there's no way. There's no way that uh, T, that T Sizzle was involved at all. Oh, you you dear dear boy. Thank you so much. Here, have some. Uh... Have some Purell for uh, where that uh, that thing touched you just now. Oh no, that's my, that's not a thing. That's my uncle. Father. Wait, sir. So. Micah, how are you? Dad, we've been over this. Mjolnir. Street cred. Thank you. How are you? Hammering. Hammering. You're awfully chipper for someone who was near an explosion. Oh, it's like well, listen, okay. We're working on, we're, um, I got, I got boys, they're working on trying to figure out what happened, okay? But from what I hear, it was two MAE strapped to some old dude's face. 
wasn't really a thing. <laughs> is there anything your boys would need? Would um, would money help? Man, I can't. I can't take money. I'm going to the NBA. They're gonna bust me. I can't play next year. Okay. But I'll tell you what. I'll give you an address to drop a satchel. How's that sound? If that it would help. If it would help your boys. Sure, it would absolutely help my boys. And helping my boys helps you, old dude. And it, it helps T-Sizzle. We're going to get him out. So, uh... So we all... So what's what's the plan, Miss T? Was... Sure is a lot of people. It is, but I... I, I was... You understand, I'm, I'm, I'm very distraught by this, and I, uh... I, I just reached out to everyone I could as soon as I could. I I know that Troy wasn't involved in this. I need to. I need his name cleared. I need him out of jail. I kind of walk over and I uh, I put my arm around you. Don't worry, it's it's okay. We we'll get him out. And if if we don't find evidence, I'll get him the best lawyer. You you do that for me? Of course. <sighs> oh, I'd still feel better if he was out of jail. Uh, Tim, would you like to set the, would you like to do the next scene? Sure. Okay. The scene is, oh, you got the Joker. It is a monologue. So you're going <laughs> to, you're going to speak briefly in character in a manner which evolves the narrative. And it is going to take place at a busy motel. Mm-hmm. All right. So, <laughs> So my boys are at an away game, like, two days later. It's not real far, but it's far enough that we had to get a hotel, right? And we just won. Okay. And I, I had a really good game. And so I, 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 gather, I gather them around, like, Friday Night Lights, right? <laughs> right around the hotel room. Right. All right. I say, listen up, okay? I know, I know we'd be balling well. I'm as, oh, by the way, I'm as white as white can be, by the way. Yeah. I know, I know we'd be balling well. But something's missing. There's something missing at the end of our bench. And his name is T-Sizzle. How are we supposed to get our towels if T-Sizzle ain't here? This ain't right. Somebody knows something, men. Like, somebody decided to destroy property. Which, by the way, was pretty awesome. But that's not the point. It wasn't T-Sizzle. So we need to figure out who it was. And I expect each each of you to work really hard to do it. Because if T-Sizzle isn't back and I'll get my towels, I'll be pissed. And I'm going to be pissed we're not going to the fucking dance. We get We clear? That's why. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Okay, that's right. my that's my scene. That's your that's your monologue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Paul, are are you ready? Are you up for it? I am ready. Okay. Your scene is the Jack of Hearts. So it is an interlude involving a mistake as the theme, and it is taking place at uh, the Ace of Diamonds, which is a busy funeral home. So, you have a mistake as an interlude, which are... Okay, so interludes involve two and only two characters with a pre-existing relationship. Neither of these characters need to be the director's character, but it can can be. Uh, You determine the location, set the scene based on the cards drawn, uh, and then you also decide when to call scene and end the interlude. So, pick two, two characters that already have a relationship, uh, Josh has relationships. Josh's character has relationships with Tim, Tim and Wayne. Uh, Tim has relationships with Josh and uh, you. Uh, with Josh and you, of course, you have relationships with Tim and me. Wayne with Josh and me. 
and me with you and Wayne. Okay. And it's a it's a it's a uh, busy funeral home, which just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it sounds sounds tragic for some reason. Well, so perhaps no one was necessarily injured in the blast, but maybe an old lady who overheard the blast had a heart attack and died that evening. And so I ring up Troy's mom to attend her funeral to see if any guilty-looking kids are there to maybe atone for their sins that we can get a lead on. Okay, so it's you and Josh at the funeral home. While the uh, while the funeral of the old lady is going on, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, go ahead, guys, and um, uh, Paul, you get to decide when the scene ends. So I'm going to be standing pretty much at the end of you know, like there's the line of people, you know, the line of family when you walk in that everyone extends their condolences to. I think Evelyn and I are standing like at the end of the line, <laughs> examining everyone who walks through. And I look over to her, and I'm, 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 I bet you that whoever did that, whoever caused that explosion, is going to show up here. They, they, they have to show up here. I, I think you're right, and that's, uh, that's why I had, uh, I had dear Hercules here, the dog in my purse. Uh, I, I had him uh, trained to, to smell M80s like this one I have here, and. Uh, and so if anyone comes in here smelling of that particular kind of gunpowder, then then Hercules will, will sniff them out. You brought a dog into a funeral home? He comes everywhere with me. I mean, you see, I've got a black armband on my pink tracksuit. I am not, I am not without respect here. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I, I, I have no words. And, and, and Hercules is wearing a black sweater. I mean, come on. Well, I, I admire both of you for your uh, your efforts to uh, to be understanding of the situation. So I'm thinking that perhaps there is a a, a college age student who walks through the front door and skips the line, just kind of looks down at the ground and, and walks beyond everybody. Uh, you know, he, he he's yeah he's got a hoodie on. He's not dressed appropriately. We can't really see his face. And, uh, he, and so, Hercules doesn't like him. And Hercules doesn't like him. Evelyn, d- do you see that guy? Do I? Hercules here is just, uh, he's, he's inconsolable. He's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, from the, from the looks I'm getting at, uh, at all of his barking, there, there really must, uh, there must be something to that, uh, to that fellow over there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go talk to him. Do you want to come with me? Yes. Yes, I will, uh. As they say, I will I will flank you. So we're going to approach the guy in the hoodie, and I'm going to reach out, and uh, I'm assuming he's pr- he's probably standing in front of the no, we're in a yeah, he's standing in front of the coffin, um, you know, open casket uh, thing, and so he's standing in front of the coffin, paying his condolences, and I'm going to reach out and touch him on the shoulder and say, "Excuse me," and it startles him, and he jumps back, and again, he's his head's covered with a hoodie, but very briefly, there looks like there's something wrong with his skin. Um, he's got red flaky skin, not like sunburned, like, like red flaky skin. And he just runs out, um, like without just looking down at the ground, just trucks out the door, uh, you know, pushing his way through. And And I'm going to think that Hercules got away from me and is, is in hot pursuit. So (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to run after Hercules. Um, go ahead. Oh, and uh, I will, uh, I, I, I will, I will uh, say, uh, ex- excuse me, we, we are, we're very, very sorry for your loss. And, uh, and yes, thank you. Bye. And so we get outside and Hercules is just barking, barking at the bushes. But I think as we look around, we don't see anybody there. And scene. All right. Uh, so because that was an uh, it was a uh, interlude. Um, everybody not in this in the interlude gets a fate point. So that's um, me, Tim, and Wayne. And again, you can use fate points to discard a center location card if you don't like it. Uh, if you're the subject of an interrogation, you can spend a fate point to avoid answering a question. You can end a scene early or extend it, uh, or you can play in a scene as an NPC. So if either if any of us had had a fate point before, we could have jumped in and been the the guy with the red flaky skin. Uh, okay, um, Wayne, are you ready to set it to to set a scene? Yep, let's see okay. what we got. You have the Ten of Spades, which is a ensemble scene involving the police slash officials of some sort. Uh, and it is occurring uh, at the King of Diamonds, which is the busy uh, cemetery. Okay. <laughs> so, the police are at, the bu- at a busy cemetery. All right. Could it be the burial after that service we were just at? I, I, that, think that's, I think that's a good idea. That would make sense. So the police are at the... Uh, police are there because uh, a fight broke out at the funeral. So actually at the cemetery itself. And I have been called because one of my relative's tombstones was knocked over and damaged. In the course of the fight, somebody was thrown into it, and it tilted over and collapsed. And then uh, we would have uh, Paul and Josh's characters would have been there because they were at the funeral. Uh, maybe my character came to um, try to examine the body to gain some psychic some psychic vibrations from it. That makes sense. And uh, Tim, uh, maybe your your good old Uncle Al drug you to the cemetery. Okay. Maybe he needed a ride. Yeah. All right. So the cops are there investigating. Uh, let me see something. Yeah. So on, uh, so in ensembles, uh, the NPCs are run by their director. So um, Wayne, if you want to run the cops, okay. um, you can. Um, so there you go. Um, okay. So the police have kind of they've separated the uh, separated the fight, and Officer Jenkins has uh, has pulled aside. Let's see, we'll say uh, Paul's character. Okay, and he's like, "Okay, you weren't in the fight, so how'd this all start?" Well, Officer, you mean how did the fight start, or how did? Yeah, how'd the fight start? I, I don't know. I, I have been distracted. I've been looking around, and uh, I, I'm, I'm here looking for somebody. And you know, I'm, I'm jittery and nervous, and looking around, um, not really focused on 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 anything other than trying to keep an eye out for that hooded character. What hooded character? 
Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't say that out loud. All I said out loud was that I don't know. <laughs> All right. He, he kind of looks around and, uh, so you with the dog that won't stop barking. Yes, yes, officer. Yes. What did you see? Who started the fight? Whoa. How did this happen? Who started the fight? There was there was a fight going on. I've been I've been chasing my dog all around this confounded yard looking for some oh some miscreant. I have I've seen nothing. I am just I am beside myself and and if perhaps we bumped into some of these lovely mourners on the way through, I I wouldn't have even noticed. It's clearly nothing to do with me. What exactly is that? And he uh, he walks over to Alistair. I'm assuming the, I'm assuming you were in your uh, your full robes and such. Yes. Greetings, officer. Well, I it, I'm glad that you're here to assist me. I must uh, check this body for psychic emanations, and I fear that the family will not allow it without proper authorities. Could could you at least wait till they get it back in the coffin? Why the lead lining will interfere with the emanations. Is it Halloween already? It is, it is always All Hallows' Day to me. I, I don't suppose you saw what started the fight. Uh, I believe it was some ruffian. Some ruffian. Indeed. He takes out a notepad and he actually writes that down. Some ruffian. Perhaps my nephew saw. <laughs> Micah, please, please, uh, please speak with this officer while I take care of my important business here. Yo, right. man, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> I, I'm not accusing you of anything. I j- just want to know how this. Am I under arrest? No. I didn't see nothing. Why? Why is my nephew under arrest? What has he done? This is America. Man, I didn't do nothing. He did Micah, nothing. You Micah, what, what did you I mean, do? it's a it's a crime looking this good, but I didn't do nothing. <laughs> right about that time, uh, O'Brien walks over. Is this police officer hassling you? <laughs> In, in, indeed, my old friend, indeed. It is a sad state of affairs in this country when Gestapo, Gestapo like this are, uh, are the excuse for cops in this city. Yeah. Why don't you try finding out who knocked over Aunt Doris's tombstone instead of hassling these fine people? You know, I have the mayor on speed dial. Do I need to call the mayor to deal with this? No, I don't think so. Get back to your job. Go, go. Shoot! I'm kind of looking around. I'm like, so what did happen here exactly? As soon as the officer's like out of earshot, I'd be like, "Yeah, damn right, you better leave." (laughs) (laughs) That's 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 right. That's right, Mjolnir. Stand up for stand up for rights of of the good American citizens. I I just have two questions. What happened, and why is that corpse not wearing pants? Well, you know, it, it is a uh, a sad state of the uh, of the uh, mortuary industry that they do not always bother fully clothing corpses as a price saving measure. But pay no mind to that. I'm simply going to touch the body and get what psychic emanations I can off of it. Do you need us to run interference? Uh, these seem like reasonable people. I'm sure that they'll allow me to do it. All right, go ahead. All right. So, yeah, Alistair's going to try to walk up and touch the body while the grieving family is surrounding it. <laughs> How is he trying to touch it and where? Uh, he's just going to walk up and try to touch her face. <laughs> I mean, th- thanks for the pantsless lead there, Wayne. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm gonna walk over to my dad. So, uh, so this this is where Uncle Alistair gets arrested right here. This this spot right here. Am I wrong? I I I I hope you're right. I really I really do. <laughs> <laughs> there is a a howling scream that comes from near the coffin. What are you doing to my sister? Get away! Get away! Police! Police! I am. Please, madam, calm yourself. I'm only communing with her while. Her spirit remains near our plane. Arrest this man! What? I knock, I knock her the fuck out. <laughs> Running interference! <laughs> I attack her and I run. <laughs> uh, you've raised a good boy there, Bobby. You've raised a good boy. My God! what needs to be done. The police are chasing after him instead of going after you. All right. Great hit, Micah! Uh, and I think that will be seen with a uh, unconscious... Mourner laid out by the body, Alistair's hands on the face of the uh, the corpse, and the police chasing after uh, Micah as he's running out of the cemetery. All right, there we go. Uh, nobody gets fate points for that one because it was an ensemble, so everybody was involved. Uh, I will do my scene now. It's the Four of Spades, so it's another ensemble uh, involving evidence. And the location is the King of Spades, so that is an isolated cemetery. Do we want to do the cemetery again, guys? I'll, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and spend my fate point to not have it be the cemetery again. So it's now the Ace of Hearts, which is a haunted-slash-cursed funeral home. <laughs> So we we can't escape this funeral home cemetery. We, can, we cannot escape this <laughs> funeral home situation. All right. So uh, it's an ensemble scene. Um, uh, we'll just keep flowing where we are. So um, Alistair gets a vision uh, and announces such. I've gotten. A, I've received a vision. Uh, the cause of this woman's death remains in this establishment. Um, and he walks back towards the funeral home in a trance, sort of in a trance, um, ignoring everyone else. Um, and, uh, the, the grieving family is so distraught and, and, uh, confused by what's been going on that, uh, they don't stop him. I will grab Evelyn by the hand, be like, see, I told you that he'd be worth the money and try to drag her into the, to the funeral home after him. Yes, yes, you were, you were so right. All right. Uh, so, um, uh, Alistair actually takes out a, two, what look like, um, unbent coat hangers, um, and he holds them loosely in his fists and, uh, they start swaying back and forth, um, like dowsing rods. Uh, he says, yes, the psychic emanations grow stronger. They grow stronger all the time. Um, and so he actually goes into the, into the, to the room where the, the casket was. Um, and, uh, the, uh, the, the undertaker, um, not the wrestler, Wayne. Sad. Yeah. The, the undertaker. Can uh, he at least look a little like the wrestler? He can look like the wrestler. Not okay. as big, but otherwise, uh, he, uh, he uh, approaches Alistair and, uh, you know, says, uh, what are you, what are you doing here? Uh, are, are you, what's going on out, outside? And, uh, Alistair 
kind of nods Brian towards the guy and says, Please, friend, uh, allay this man's fears while I go about the important work of determining what has happened. <laughs> yeah, there was a fight at the funeral. What? Uh, there was a fight? Yes, there's some damaged tombstones. Oh. You Dude. might want to go check on them. I I should. The the uh the safety and the eternal rest of our uh of our guests is of utmost importance to me. And, and the deceased is her coffin's been knocked over. And what? They're having a problem getting her back in. And there's a question about her not having pants. Oh, uh, uh, that was in her, her will. That was her request. She requested not to have pants, I assure you. Uh, I, I think they may have some questions over there. They put some pants uh, on her. I'm looking out the window. <laughs> go, you have to go now. They're putting pants on her. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, yes, of course, I must stop them. Because it was surely in her final request to have no pants. Uh, she, she, uh, wanted to rest as she lived. Uh, <laughs> so he, he rushes out. So uh, right next, right next to Bobby, uh, the, because there's a wall of uh, there's a wall of other caskets. One of them opens, and uh, uh, Mike is like, "Are they gone?" <laughs> How did you get in there, boy? Get out of there! <laughs> oh, it's it's empty, Dad. Come on, I'm not gross. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I get out. Now, now, Micah, don't let your don't let your father's pedestrian ways of viewing things interfere with your proper development. There's nothing gross about being around a dead body. It's just a dead body. Ow. Don't be gross. Okay, so uh, I don't know how this solves the, the question of who does the statue face. Wait, I'm getting I'm getting psychic resonances. Now that they're if I can get some calm I can I can hone in on what we're looking for. And if you turn that way you could get channel five. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so he, uh, he, uh, follows the path that, um, the guy in the hoodie, uh, took, um, uh, even going to where he ran it, ran back out the door, and, uh, you know, he, he steadily kind of draws more intense, and the, the two wires, uh, sway back and forth and then focus on one spot, and, uh, Alistair pauses by the door, kneels down, and, uh, he picks something up. Um, uh, and he, uh, says, uh, here it is. This is the clue. This is the clue that will determine everything. Um, and he holds up a, um, a piece of, of brass, um, that, uh, that on close inspection appears to be part of a, uh, of a man's face, um, or, sh- or shaped like a, a part of a man's nose. I'd recognize that nose anywhere. Well, you should, sir. I assume you see it in the mirror every day. I snatch it out of his hands. Hey, old dude, I got your nose. I got your nose. <laughs> I hold it up. I'm not really tall. I got your nose. Like, come on. I, I'll give you $10 for my nose. Uh, I think it's worth 20 uh, I think you know it is, too. Huh? I, I, I pull out a 20 huh. All right. I give Look at that. Nose. Look at that, Bobby. Your son is already a better businessman than you've ever been. <laughs> Don't be a dick now. Brass is a far better investment than comic books. Indeed. Now, allow me to examine that, Brian. All right, but don't smudge it any more than it already is. 
I, sh- I shan't. Perhaps they can incorporate in into the new bus that they are already undoubtedly crafting of your likeness. And just think, it will be even more regal now. So um, he examines it and he says, uh, "Yes, uh, while my while my nephew undoubtedly had the right of it, the uh, simple mundane explosives were not the cause of the other were not the real cause of the disaster. There was some sort of curse upon this object." Uh, I, I don't know why I would curse your bust, Brian, but uh, I suspect the explosion. Uh, I mean, the what? Well, you, you get you get some of the coeds really liquored up, and I mean your nose bends upward a little bit. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, it's well. Let's just say it's on YouTube under under fuck bust university. It. I pull out my phone and go to YouTube. Oh, Brian, are you sure you want to do that here? I, I must know. Hmm. So maybe a boyfriend got a little jealous because this chick was liking your bust more than him. Uh, maybe just I, I, throwing I, out I, ideas. Flexible. I I implore you not to not to view the video. At least at least mute the phone, Brian. At least mute the phone. Even a bust of me knows how to please the ladies. Indeed, you should be proud that you have brought joy to to college to uh, the students of Rainsboro University even long after you left. Who would want to stop such a thing? So can can he really not tell that it's me in that video? Mine that's flexible. Hey, Uncle uh, Al, that bus gets more pussy than you do. <laughs> Just saying. I don't know that Uncle Al goes that way, Mike. Wait a minute, I recognize that bull. Oh. And I'm looking straight at, uh, at Evelyn. I did not know you were that flexible. And, uh, yeah, I'll we're going we're gonna to call that the scene. So, Josh, uh, uh, Josh is the character who is doomed, is playing the character that's doomed. So he draws a, um, card for the location and an, and an ensemble at that location. Okay. Um, so, um, the location is the Six of Hearts. So it is a haunted slash cursed used car lot. Um, and then, um, and then, uh, there is a, there's the doom draw. Uh, so at a moment of your choosing, uh, as the director, Josh, I'll make a doom draw and read the results to the group. Uh, and then that's like the twist from Fiasco. Okay. Um, so that will, uh, you know, that'll, that'll change the, uh, the way things goes. Uh, it's, it says whatever happens in the doom draw is going to make things more interesting and probably a lot harder for your characters. So there you go. Uh, feel free to be as creative as you need to be to set a scene in a haunted slash cursed car lot, used car lot. Uh, and it's an ensemble with all of us. Right. Uh, so I'm thinking this is a, this is a scene shortly thereafter. Uh, if you don't mind me, uh, leading your character's, uh, psychic abilities around, James, I, I think it should, your, your psychic ability should next lead us to the, uh, the car lot where, uh, it appears that the remainder of the bus was uh, brought. Let's say there's a there's a scrap metal place next to the used car lot, and uh, and so the rest of that brass was taken there to be recycled. All right. Yeah. Okay. So Alistair is using his uh, his uh, divining rods to uh, seek it out, and uh, you know he used the old crystal over a map to find the general area, and that is, this is where it's drawn him to. And. Uh, Let's say they weren't real. The, whoever brought in the the um, 
the remainder of the of the bus, the the remainder of the the brass and whatever else it was, wasn't uh, they 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 weren't the uh, most careful person in the world. Maybe we're still finding bits of uh, we're we're still finding bits of Ryan's face uh, on our way to uh, to to find the majority, the 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 main lump of of the of the brass statue. I think I see my ear over there. No, I think it's an eyebrow. Oh, no, you're right. It is, it is. You do have such wondrous, wondrously hairy ears, dear. <laughs> they captured it so well in this, the bust. A true work of craftsmanship. Uh, he, so. he, he did. Um, so I've been thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So when I go pro, okay, we can get you one of those shows like that, like that jackhole Kevin, Kevin Smith has. Where you can talk about comics and pretend you're selling them, even though everybody knows you don't really sell comics or buy other people's comics, right? Uh, we make a living, right? I know, I know, but you know, you know like they're re- like they're really gonna walk into it and sell something. You're, they're really gonna buy two hundred dollar comic books. I mean, you know, they're they're not making rent on that storefront. You know what I'm oh. saying, right? Oh, oh, Mjolnir, you have forgotten one important difference between your father and Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith has charisma. How? <laughs> <laughs> Al's not going to be on the show, right? Well, I, I think I, you can't invite Uncle Al. He's like, you know, the he, he, would bring, he would bring in all the ratings. You have to have him. I don't yeah. know that fat Chris Angel is going to bring in any ratings. <laughs> we can I have, like, it. You can make him like Ch- Chang. What's that dude's name that always gets picked on? <laughs> Chang, I, I think. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Not that I've seen that show. I mean, I'm too busy. Yeah, comedic relief, yeah. Okay, Al, right, right. I, I, yeah. Al, there's a spot for you on the show, Al. Uh, Mike, I think your father would be the one that's always picked on. He's like, you know, he's like Stan from South Park. He's this, he's the straight man. It's okay. Like, I mean, I've got a lot of talents. I, I, I can write, I can write this up. I, I think it's a good idea. But I mean, first I gotta get, the, I gotta get pro dad. So it's gonna be a year or two, man. Well, I put my arm around him and I'm like, you know what? I have faith in you. Right on. If you can solve this mystery. I'll make sure to introduce you to the right producers. Well, yeah, we gotta get T Sizzle out of the joint. Let's go, y'all. So I'm thinking that uh, among the discarded bits of uh, of uh, Brian's brass face, there are some uh, some pieces that were maybe inside the bust that are of occult significance. Uh, indeed, that... this this metal is not is not brass. This is this is ancient worked iron. That looks like a real human skull inside that. Can can we have the twist there? The, yep. All right. I, that'd be a good time. Uh, it is a three. Okay. So all electrical equipment is non-functional, including cars and cell phones. So oh, all the, the lights day. go out. <laughs> yep. I uh, were, were we doing this at night, Josh? Oh, of course we were doing it at night. This is. This investigation has gone on for a while now, and uh, we've been we've been following following Alistair all over town with his coat hangers, and uh, yeah, I, I figured this is where we ended up, and uh, yeah, we're 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 here after hours. All right. Yeah. So all the street lights go out. Uh, the all the cars die. Uh, there's no cell phone. It it gets surprisingly dark and uh, relatively quiet in Rainsboro. For the probably the first time in decades. Can someone turn their phone on? I seem to have killed the battery on mine watching those videos earlier. Uh, my, mine doesn't work. Goddamn T-Mobile coverage. Son of a bitch. 
It is, it is your dependence on these technological devices that will be your downfall. That is why I do not carry one. You can't afford one, Al. I could if I wanted to. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We, sh- we should continue. I, uh, I think that we've got the majority of the bust, and apparently the skull that was inside of it. Well, so I'm going to lean down and, and pick up the skull and kind of hold it up to the moonlight, because that's really all that I can do. Do you guys see carvings on this thing? My my eyesight isn't uh, isn't what it was in my younger days, uh, but I do see uh, I do see horns. Al, do you know anything? Does this any of this look familiar to you? I I fear so. This is a uh, an ancient druidic skull. It's very bad that it was incorporated into that bust. It's and it's no wonder that, that once the containment field, once the containment system was compromised, that it exploded with a great deal of force and revenge. Hey, hey, Uncle Al, I, I was actually paying attention in one of my classes, and they said when your eyes go to, to the right, you're making shit up. When they go to the left, you're trying to think of something. So why do your eyes always go to the right like that? Because what I know is beyond your mortal science. Uh, do you have a better better answer, smartass? <laughs> no. I maybe just maybe your father, somebody's face, man. Maybe your father can look it up in one of his comic books. Yeah, I, I think we probably have better luck in an, in an occult bookstore. Well, do we know anybody who owns one of those? Maybe. Finally, your store comes in use. You're well, the back more... room does. <laughs> you, do, you do not know what goes on in the back room of my store. It's going to be more customers than your store's seen in years. Okay, let's call it there. Uh, Tim, would you like to go? Sure, that's fine. Okay. You have the two of clubs, so that's a vignette uh, with a red herring theme, and that occurs in a empty hospital. So the vignettes again um, involve. There's no actual dialogue. Uh, the detect the director determines the location of the card drawn, narrates a brief scene, keep it short and simple, narrate enough information to set the tone, but don't overdo it by dragging the action on too long. And you will get a fate point at the end. So. Okay. Um. A red herring at a hospital. Okay, so in the can I can I establish something in the prior scene if I spend a fate point? Sure. Okay. So when when Bobby picked up the skull and held it to the light, for some reason, um, like the the bell the bells went off at one of the churches, indicating it was like ten o'clock at night. Okay. Okay. So the scene, the, the vignette scene is a old hospital that hasn't been used for 30 years, right? And the camera pans down to the sub-basement where they used to store the bodies before they were sent to the, the funeral home. And you can still sort of hear the bells, the bell going off. And when it hits the 10th bell, the, a door, the door to one of the, uh, the slabs pops open and you just see a glowing pair of eyes. And so, uh-huh. Alright, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty creepy. Okay, so you get a fate point. Cool. Uh and then we'll go with Paul. Are you ready for yours? Sure. You have the Ten of Hearts, so that is an interlude involving police slash officials, and it is taking place with the Ace of Spades, which is back to the funeral home. And an isolated funeral home. 
So, again, interludes involve two and only two characters with a pre-existing relationship. So, but neither of them has to be your character. So, why don't... Hmm. Why don't we make it... Why don't we make it Evelyn and, and Al? And they're back at the funeral home. And the officials are official... The, the local official occultist group. Um, there's gotta be something like that, right? And Rain, and, and, uh, Rainsboro University, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have, a, you know, we've, we've, we've established in Ghosts of Rainsboro that there is the, uh, Special Crimes Division. Okay. So it's the Special Crimes Division? Yeah, the Occult Crimes, whatever we called it. So, so are we gonna, are we gonna see your weird scarecrow guy? Why not? Who, who ate his own baby? This is before that. Okay. <laughs> Um, so we'll see him and his partner. Uh, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but they, they are there, um, you know, maybe because their Al is one of their informants. Okay. And so they're, they're, and maybe they're researching the books that Al has, has gathered from his store. And what is, what was your scarecrow guy's name? Johnny Muppet or something? <laughs> Johnny Muppet. <laughs> um, ooh, wow. Um, Johnny Boondocks. Johnny Come Boondocks. On. All right. All right. Yeah, so it's it is it is dark. Uh, so uh, Al says, uh, "Yes, Officer Boondocks, this is where I found the clue, and I knew that I that I had to call you as soon as I could. Uh, this is where the trail began. So perhaps uh, you're you can assist me in tracking it back. I, are you are you going to play the? NPC? Yeah, I guess I play Johnny Boondocks. Yeah, so you can add yeah you can add one NPC to an interlude. So uh, and and this this. This poor, poor lady's, uh, son is, uh, is, it's incorrectly incarcerated for the crime that was clearly supernatural in nature. So what makes it supernatural in nature? Why, we found a skull inside of the bust. A druidic skull. A skull that had undoubtedly been cursed, and undoubtedly a curse that had fall, befallen the old lady who was buried here not more than 12 to 14 hours ago. Shall we exhume her body as well? I, I... Imagine that's probably not even fully buried. Indeed. Perhaps we can find some shovels. So we just go right outside and uh, and dig up the, the body. Ah, the smell of fresh grave dirt on a on a dark night. This this takes me back to my college days. So, and well, I mean, no electricity is working, so I don't even have flashlights or anything like that. Battery operated? Would that work? Yes. No? It's gonna be can- it's gonna be candles. Okay, so we'll go by candlelight and. Um, you know, I'll examine the body. Um, Johnny Boondocks will examine the body. And be, be, care- be careful, officer. She's not wearing pants. I see that. Do, do you see the strange discoloration in her veins? Uh, is that is that the is that discoloration or just the candlelight? Poor illumination. It looks. Like what do you What do you think, Evelyn? I think that uh, it this. This corpse smells funny for a corpse. Can can you smell that? I mean, not that I've I've smelled a lot of dead bodies, but uh, it doesn't smell right here. It, I I'm not I'm not comfortable here. I, I I can't smell, but let's go ahead and say that my partner says uh, it smells like sulfur. Would the corpse count as an NPC? <laughs> uh, only if you uh, only if you spend a fate point to to count it. To that's what I that's what I was gonna do. Okay, then yes. The uh, her face turns and looks at at the group, and the eyes open, and uh, in a raspy voice, leave now, leave now. 
did this to she me. she crawls out of the uh, the casket and start and you know, starts to run from the cemetery. Oh, since since I'm doomed, can she be interested in me? Oh, yeah, that would make sense. She'll uh, she will grab you and throw you over her shoulder and try to run from the cemetery with you. Oh, oh, that's oh, yeah, that's that's pretty creepy. I like that. And I think and, that's a good place to end the scene. Yeah, even creepier when you remember she's pantsless. <laughs> uh, and and old. <laughs> Wayne, are you ready to set to, to do your scene? Yep. All right. You have the Eight of Clubs, which is a vignette uh, involving research, and it is occurring. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> at the cemetery. Uh, so it's a King of Hearts. So it's haunted slash cursed. Which I don't know how we're going to establish a haunted slash cursed cemetery where somebody just came back to life. But we'll, we'll work on it, guys. So technically, because only my character and Josh's character were in that interlude, we're the only ones who don't get fate points from it. Okay. In that case, I'm going to use my fate point to pick a different location. Yeah, I was about okay. to do the same. <laughs> All right. So now it's the Two of Hearts. So that is a haunted government building. So post office, city hall, etc. Something or a school building? Or a school building? Yes, I will. I will Can accept I? the school building. Okay. And is this the? I was gonna say, ask real quick, what is the vignette again? Uh, so the vignette is the uh, vignettes involve no actual dialogue. Instead, they set the atmosphere for the story. The director determines the location for the card drawn and narrates a brief scene. Okay. Can I spend a fate point to change it to that old hospital? Uh. Technically, I would have to draw again, but I don't see why if uh, if ever if nobody else has a problem with, with doing that. No problem. No. All, those, all those in favor? Uh, yeah. I am. I. All right. So yeah. So the vignette occurs at the hosp- at the at the old hospital. Uh, it should be a uh, investigation or a research uh, focus scene. Okay. The hooded NPC from before is at the old hospital with a, uh, he's looking through a occult book and he has, uh, all of these papers gathered around that he basically, he's done his research and then he's been, he felt like he should just come here. And as he's looking through it, he, uh, you kind of see over his shoulders, all the notes that he's put together and, uh, it's all of it's, there's pictures and it's, it's very damning evidence that, Brian actually had that skull put inside of the the bust himself when it was made. And you zoom in on his face and see that under the, uh, it was described as the red flaky, you know, flakiness before. Yes. You start to make, you can see the features and it is Troy, but he has red flaky skin over him. And as he comes to this conclusion, the, uh, those eyes that we saw in the vignette before, you see them over his shoulder. And that's where we end the scene. All right. Uh, so Wayne, you get a you get a fate point for that, uh, and I will set the next scene. It is the Three of Diamonds. So it's an interrogation uh, involving theories, and it is the Five of at the Five of Clubs, which is the an empty fraternity slash sorority house. Um, so. 
the director selects a player and steals one fate point from him or her. Then the director asks one to five questions in character, which must be answered by that player in character. So I choose Wayne. Uh, Wayne, you and I are at our old fraternity house. Uh, and, uh, which I, I'm willing to assume that since your character is older than me, he was one of the, uh, or since your character is older than mine, he was one of the, um, alumni. Um, oh, I assume we were about the same age. Oh, okay. Yeah. Remember we went to school together. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So we are back at the, at the old fraternity house. Um, uh, and my character has called yours there, um, because he has done some previous, he's been doing some investigation. Um, and, uh, he, he, he kind of ambushes you in one of the, um, in one of the, in one of the rooms, um, in, in the, uh, actual, um, the ceremony room, uh, and he locks the door. And you stole my fate point as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Alistair has dropped all pretense, uh, and he says, why did you do it, Brian? For revenge. Did, did you did you even know what what was really going to happen? The forces you were meddling with. Well, I knew it wouldn't be. I knew it wouldn't be good. But it's people in that school need needed to pay. And did you know? Did you know the extra power that you would get from the son of that woman and the relationship you had with her? Why yes, that's why I made sure that he made it into the school and that he was. He was in the position for this all to happen. And do you think that I will let this stand? Oh, I, I assumed you would try to stop me. But you have no evidence. I'll, I will find some. Josh, uh, so you got the Queen of Hearts. So it's an interlude uh, involving an internal conflict. Uh, the Four of Diamonds. So it, at a busy church. So the interlude involves two and only two characters. Uh, they don't necessarily have to be yours. Um, and you can add one NPC. Because when last we saw you, you were being carried off by a bottomless corpse. Uh, busy church. Um, I, I, I think that uh, the most entertaining people to have at, uh, at busy church are going to be... Uh, well, you two just had a scene together. So... Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Brian and, uh, which one's, uh, Tim's character? Uh, Micah. Yeah. I, I, I think the two of them ought to have a scene in the church. Okay. And, uh, I, I, well, I don't want to dictate too many things, but maybe, uh, maybe Brian's looking for a new protege or some sort of help with his, uh, his new occult powers or some, you know, a, a dupe, something along those lines, since it seems like he's a bit of an occult mastermind. Okay. So there you go. Tim and, Tim and Wayne. You're at a church. You know, Micah, with with Evelyn missing, when Troy gets out of jail, he's going to need someone to look over him, and he's going to need his friends as well. Yeah, this, this is a lot to take in the day. Um, I mean, I've heard my share of bullshit from my uncle, but uh, that was a, a, a corpse ran off with her? Is that what I heard? I, I don't know. I think you get Maybe. Maybe somebody's smoking too much. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I saw it. It was a corpse, all right. Yeah, but maybe you were taking too many of the blue pills and not enough of the red pills. 
corpse ran away. Whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll find Mrs. T. It'll be okay. But yeah, we need to get T-Sizzle out of the joint. I, I hear you, so keep, 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 keep rhyming, Home Slice. What do you else you got? You know, the best way to get him out of jail is to have somebody else go to jail. Is there anyone else who was at the party that doesn't have many friends? Uh, yeah, yeah, I could, I could, you know, that loser Todd was there for like half, half a minute or two. He's, he's kind of a, he's kind of a joke. He's in the Young Republicans. I mean, come on. Really? That's still a thing? (laughs) Then, if we work together, my money, your knowledge of school events, we can make it, we can free Troy from jail and put this loser in his place. What do you say to that? You know, I, I really, I, I really want to get Tisa's out of jail, but there's this little voice inside, man. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's my dad that says, the hero doesn't take the easy route. This seems like the easy route. Yes, but do you really want to grow up to be like your dad? Oh, hell no. Hell no, I don't. Because he would not, he wouldn't do this. If I went to him, Troy would be in jail for good. Listen, listen, man. I'll tell you what. I, 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 I totally can't get my hands dirty on this. But I know a guy that I, 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 I'll give you his number, man. He, he, he'll, he'll, he'll hook you up. And then I have plausible deniability. I don't know what you guys did. That, that'll work. Okay. Do you like I, to uh, read, Micah? Do I like to read? Hell no, man. I'm all about the jams. Um, hey, hey, what uh. What about a book that could help you on the courts? Man, there ain't no books to help you on the courts. Before I, we go any farther, though, uh, can I spend a fate point to set something up ahead of time? Yeah. Okay. So here's what I'm gonna. Here's what I want to set up ahead of time. I I talked to Johnny Boondocks on the side, and I said something shady about this. I need your I need your number, man, and you just play along with whoever calls. Okay. And so that's the number I give him. Okay. Nice. All right. I'll scratch off my last fate point. Okay. All right. I uh. I hand you a occult pamphlet. So you really wanted to talk to Chetulu? I don't... Just give it a read. You're not like a Nambler, are you? You're starting to freak me out, dude. No, no, no. I just want... I want Troy free. Well, yeah, I want Troy free, too. I want T-Sizzle free, too, yeah. And you know what? Information never hurt anybody. I take the pamphlet and I shove it in my back pocket. So Alistair was not kidding. He is, uh, he's going to try and, and take Brian down. So, um, the, uh, the first vignette is, uh, uh, cuts to the back room of his, uh, of his occult shop. Um, and he's just got piles of books that he's searching over. Um, but also in a, um, in a box, um, he's got almost all of the pieces of the skull slash bust. Um, and you can see that he's been, uh, putting it back together. Um, and then, um, there's also some of the little, there's also some pieces of red flaky skin, um, in the box too. Okay. Yeah. I was going to remind you about that too. If, uh, if you didn't throw in any of the, any of the vignettes that if, uh, Troy was the red flaky guy, then who's in prison? Right. Paul. All right. Um, so also in that room, 
are Johnny Boondocks and um, and Bobby. And so Johnny Boondocks gets a call. Okay. And it is Brian. And they set up a meet to uh, to supposedly get this other kid, uh, Toby, I think it was, something like that. Uh huh. Todd, I think. Um, you know, set up, and so they they set up the meet and uh, arranged to meet at uh the the school pool or you know like the um you know the 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 pool where they you know the, the swim team practices um yeah. later on that yeah. evening as as opposed to the track where the swim team practices exactly yeah okay um is that your is that your next one yeah is that your vignette okay mm. uh okay so the next thing they're still in that room but they're uh Alistair is at a mortar and pestle and he is um dropping in pieces of the red flaky skin and then other um, supernatural ingredients. Um, and he makes this gross paste that he then wipes over his own face and kind of um, pushes around and molds. Uh, and then, it, you know, you pull out a little bit and you can see that it, there's a picture of a, of a college boy um, from the yearbook and underneath it's got a name and the name, the first name is Toby. Um, and then when Alistair's finished, uh, his face and Toby's face looks look the same. So Alistair, dressed as Toby, or disguised as Toby, um, Johnny Boondocks, and uh, Bobby, with uh, Micah off to the, you know, kind of in, off to the side, but not, you know, not, not visible, um, meet at the, the pool that evening. And at the pool are Brian and, um, with Brian are, is the, the dead old lady, um, still carrying, uh, carrying, still, well, not still, but once again, carrying Evelyn over her shoulder, um, you know, kind of hunched down and, you know, salivating. And I, I, it, this is the last vignette, isn't it? Or Josh, Josh gets his. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, they, they, they meet. And uh, they meet at the pool. Can, can we give it pants at this point, though? Nope. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we're going to say the body has. I mean, because it's it, it's kind of deformed. It's you know the limbs have grown longer to crawl around, and it, it's it's hardly recognizes the old lady anymore. All right, Josh, you get to you get to finish it up. This scene is a is a reunion between mother and son here. Uh, maybe Troy comes out from beneath the bleachers or or something like that. I, I assume, I'm, I'm imagining a some sort of, you know, natatorium that's got bleachers and, yeah, Olympic pool. And so he, he sneaks out from under the bleachers and uh, he just, um, he walks up and uh, Evelyn, who's completely, I, I think her mind's broken at this point, um, she just takes his red flaky hand in hers and uh, the, um, the undead grandmother she uh casts something into the pool um maybe it's a little bone or or something and uh the it's it's a mob line <laughs> no it's a it's it, it, it's something small and and old and and creepy and uh you can't see what it is but then uh the the pool kind of it, it's it's no longer clear it starts uh bubbling this kind of black with glowing red highlights kind of thing and uh she gestures to the uh she, she she gestures to Evelyn and Troy and then gestures to the pool and uh hand in hand mother and son walk into the pool <laughs> <laughs>